Hey guys, looking for some new custom apparel for your next business bonding retreat, your next rush event, or to thank your employees with some new swag? Check out sunshinefits.com. Specializing in custom t-shirts, hoodies, masks, and hats, Sunshine Fits is the best place to get all of your clothing needs at the absolute best price. Nationwide shipping is available. Use the promo code PICKUPTHEBLITZ for 10% off your first order. Check out sunshinefits.com or email service at gmail.com for bulk prices. Sunshine Fits, put a little sunshine in what you wear. Bonjour, hello, and happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to the Pick of the Blitz podcast, the show where a guy and his former high school history teacher talk a lot about football and very little about history. I am Justin Heyer, here with the one, the only, Nick Bellotto, and we are back. It's been uh, a bit of a hiatus that we've had from the show, but we are back and in full swing just in time. For the start of the NFL season, Nick, I've missed you. I've missed doing the show. Uh, I'm so thrilled to be back and chatting some football on a regular basis again. That's right, regular basis. We'll be back doing this every single week, talking NFL, of course, talking Miami Dolphins, us being South Florida natives and Dolphins fans. But no longer are we both necessarily South Florida residents. Nick, (laughs) the reason we've been gone for a bit, you've had a lot going on in your life. Uh, some of yes. which, you know, there are things more important than football, and uh, as much as that pains me to say, but there are, and you've had some of those things going on. So how are uh, how are you? I am I am very good, sir. And yes, it's been it's been a long time, and I am also excited to get back to this uh, with you. I've missed doing this. I've missed talking to you every week. So I'm excited we're back. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy. Uh, I don't know. I guess three weeks now. Um, you know, the fiance and I, we ended up moving up to New York in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I am officially behind enemy lines. Uh, and it's just been kind of slowly getting used to things up here. It's been great. Um, you know, I, I honestly, it's been awesome. Every, every aspect of it, uh, at least most aspects of it, I guess I'll, uh, roll that back a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's good to finally be in a spot where, Things are calm enough where we can sit down and finally do this again. Yeah, behind enemy lines, I bet your Dolphins gear uh, isn't quite as well received. The Dolphins banners and such that were in your classroom, are those still going to be? He's still a history teacher, everyone. So that's that. Our intro still works. Our intro still works. But do uh, does the Dolphins gear in the classroom, is it still going to be there? So, so far, I've received uh, little to no acknowledgement of anything Dolphin related, which is good. Um, okay. Positive or negative? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. It's going in the classroom because that's my classroom, and I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Um, you know, I found. Listen, there are obviously some like gross green-looking logos mm. lingering around the city, but um, for the most part, it seems like everyone's. The vibe I got is that a lot of people are Giants fans in the city, which like okay. I'm cool with that. Like I have no. You and I are not going to have a single problem. We'll have one issue later on in the year, but it's not even an issue that really matters, you know, in the long run. So it's okay. So far, it's all right. Okay. Well, my most significant life update that I can give you from the past five weeks is that the door that's supposed to cover my uh, washer (laughs) and dryer in my apartment has finally been installed. So just just for some, some preamble here. And you guys can all tell how exciting my life has been for the past five weeks. Um, when I moved into this apartment building that I'm in now, um, going into my senior year at the University of Miami, um, I moved into the apartment when the building had just opened. So some of the things were still being done. And I moved in about a year and two months ago. And the washer and dryer unit are in the kitchen uh, or like near off the side, like off the side of the kitchen. And there was no door covering the washer and dryer. They were sort of just sticking out, very out of place, kind of like it seemed like they were in the middle of my kitchen. And a year and three months went by, and they had promised me that it would be installed soon after I moved in, which obviously never happened. COVID things, you know, messed up shipping and whatever. And I kind of forgot about it. And I received a notice as I came back for the start of the semester, uh, you know, this, this past month. It said, 
Good morning. In our continued efforts to improve our beautiful community, we are pleased to inform you that we'll be installing your laundry door tomorrow at uh, between 9, and 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Tomorrow's today, as we record this, and it's finally been installed. So I now have a door over my washer and dryer, which is just fantastic, almost as significant as, uh, as your life update, I might say. I, I think it's actually more significant because I'm not sure how you survived uh, this, this apartment fiasco for as long as you did. So kudos to you, man. You have patience, patience of a saint. It was just uh, – people would – you know, I'd have friends or whatever, and uh, they'd be like, why is your washing machine in your kitchen? And I was like, well, that's just that, – that's, that's how, how I, That's how I like to have it. You know what? That, I like to do my laundry while I cook, okay? Don't, don't judge me. Get all of my chores done at once. Oh, very efficient that way. I'm, I'm very – I'm, I, I, I have very few words about that. As you should. <laughs> There's really not much to say. Yeah, congratulations. I guess are in order. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Okay. Let's move from that into football. Nick, we are here on the precipice, to use one of my favorite words, on the Great precipice. Word. Thank you very much. Of week one, it is Tuesday as we're recording this. We are almost 48 hours removed from real live regular season NFL football with Bucks Cowboys that'll be coming up. Uh, and then our Miami Dolphins travel up to Foxborough to take on the uh, New England Patriots for week one. And the Dolphins have uh, announced some significant developments ahead of that game. The depth chart, the official regular season depth chart, not the one put together by the media during training camp, but the official depth chart has been released. And, uh, there were some surprises. There were some not so much surprises, but I think the, the piece of the depth chart everyone's been waiting most for in Miami is the offensive line because there's yep. been a lot of shuffling around, a lot of moving pieces, moving parts, and the starters for the Dolphins, as per the depth chart, are going to be left tackle Austin Jackson, left guard Solomon Kinley, who uh, impressed last year, rookie second-round pick Mike. Um, the Meikenberg was competing for that starting left guard spot, but it's Solomon Kinley who will be taking it. Center Michael Dieter, right guard Robert Hunt, and right tackle Jesse Davis. Now, throw a wrench into that whole thing I just said because Austin Jackson's <laughs> on the COVID list. So now the Dolphins are without their starting left tackle. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot to dissect there, especially if you've been keeping up with Dolphins throughout the course of training camp. There are a lot of moving pieces to this very young offensive line. Uh, how do you even make heads or tails of what we should expect from them, you know, including the Austin Jackson uncertainty in week one? Uh, well... I mean, in terms of what to expect, I think you're going to see four of those five guys out there. Uh, I think the bigger question is how are they going to replace him, right? Because I think – I don't know what you think about this, Justin, but I think the logical choice, right, if we've got – if we're going left to right, if we've got left tackle is open, you've got Kinley Dieter Hunt and Davis penciled in as your right tackle, I wonder if it might be smart, I, I guess – what I would do, right, if you're asking me, is I would probably move Jesse Davis to the left side and start Eichenberg on the right side. For the for one game, assuming that Austin Jackson's not going to be taken off that list prior to Sunday. Um, but uh, but outside of, you know, handling that situation, based on what we saw in the in the preseason and in the offseason training camps, I think that this is the best starting five they could go with. Um, you know, it's a little unfortunate that we haven't really seen the growth from Austin Jackson yet that you would want to see in a second year uh, first round pick, right? Uh, former first round pick. So, uh, but other than that, I feel very solid about this line. Um, I actually love the fact that we've got Dieter in there uh, starting at center. And, uh, you know, I wasn't shocked when they cut Matt Scar a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy that he's in there. I think Hunt and Kinley are going to be rock stars for this offensive line for the next very long time. Uh, I, you know, I like the, the makeup of the offensive line, even if Austin Jackson is all covid and can't play on Sunday, if Liam Eichenberg gets a chance to start. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I share as much of your general enthusiasm about the O-line as a whole, although your enthusiasm seems to be more reserved for the guards, which I do agree are certainly the strong suits of the offensive line. I mean, Robert Hunt has looked um, has had an incredibly upward trajectory since he came in, obviously coming from a smaller school, he had a bit of a slower start, but he was one of the best right tackles 
in the NFL over the course yeah. of the last six or seven games last year, and all the projections were moving into his uh, his draft that he would be even better at guard than at tackle. So I'm ex- uh, he's probably the uh, lineman that I'm most excited about. The Michael Dieter move, I think, uh, is sort of going under the radar for a lot of people, but the fact that the Dolphins went out and signed a veteran for 3 to $4 million, and Michael Dieter, in his third year out of Wisconsin, third-round pick, just outright beat him to the point where they cut the veteran, that, to me, says more than any preseason snaps we could have even seen from Dieter. And then, like you said, Solomon Kinley came into training camp, was the backup to start training camp and worked his way back onto the first team, uh, which where he was last year. So we're seeing these these signals from the coaching staff. That tackle issue, though, if once we leave the interior, I'm nervous, man. I mean, Jesse Davis has always been fine, but right. I, I mean, he's protecting to his blind side. I want more than fine. I was hoping that'd be Eichenberg. He's now listed as the backup right tackle, uh, and Austin Jackson. Has I mean, up and down would be generous in terms of describing uh, his rookie season, but more importantly, his preseason. He did not look so good in several preseason games. I know it's just preseason, but I feel like if it's just preseason, it should look better, not worse. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned. When you said how to replace him, I, uh, I lost you for a second. You said Jesse Davis at left and Eichenberg at right. Yeah, you could do that. Or, you know, uh, you could move. You would have to shuffle. I think the shuffling takes place among three people, Hunt, Davis, and Eichenberg, right? Right. You could move uh, Hunt back to right tackle. You could move uh, both Eichenberg can maybe play uh, right guard, and you could push Jesse Davis to left tackle if you want to go that way. And that might be better considering the fact that, you know, you want probably your strongest offensive lineman playing uh, to protect the blind side, which in this case would be obviously the right tackle spot, not the left tackle spot. So if you think Hunt is your best option to protect it, you put Hunt at the right tackle spot, Eichenberg at the right guard spot, and you could put uh, Davis at the left tackle spot. Okay. See, my initial uh, thought, and I don't want to bore everyone too much with the offensive line talk, but for, <laughs> for the Dolphins, this is the most interesting piece out of, outside of Tua of, of week one. My idea was uh, keep shuffling to a minimum, leave everyone in their spot, and either just plug in Eichenberg, who played every single one of his collegiate snaps, I believe, at left tackle, but has not taken, I think, any left tackle snaps with the Dolphins, which is a little odd, but they you know, had Austin Jackson there. Um, so it was just plug Eichenberg right into left tackle where he played in college, or take Greg Little, who we traded uh, for from the Carolina Panthers, and plug him in at left tackle and keep shuffling otherwise to a minimum. You can do that. I mean, I, I, Nick stamp of <laughs> approval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's can do that. Nick I mean, listen, stamp of approval. Listen, the Greg Little has had. I mean, not a whole lot of time, right? Um, right. In, in in practice and stuff like that. So, uh, maybe I'm a little a little hesitant there, but he's also a guy who's proven he can get it done. So, if if that's how we do it, that's fine. I think you've got the the good thing about this offensive line and these backups that they have is there's enough talent there and enough flexibility amongst their positioning that will allow them to play these different spots if they need to. Right. Right. You know, it'll be with that left tackle spot specifically, I think will be the question of, of week one. Otherwise though, the line seems mostly settled and you're right. There's a lot of versatility here. That's what Flores preaches at every position, but we've seen it manifest at the offensive line uh, spots. I think most, most notably, the rest of this depth chart is pretty cut and dry. People were kind of freaking out about seeing Jakeem Grant as a starting wide receiver. First of all, Will Fuller's not even on here yet because he's suspended right. for Week One. It's going to be Waddle Parker Fuller as the starting three, and then whether or not you want to put Albert Wilson or Jakeem Grant or Mac Hollins or Preston Williams at that other third starting spot. Everyone, calm down. This is not indicative of wide receiver snaps that we're going to see on the outside over the course of the season. I would be shocked if a fully healthy Albert Wilson played fewer wide receiver snaps than a fully healthy Jakeem Grant. And, you know, just because Grant's listed in a starter spot here and, and not Wilson, I don't think that indicates much. The defense is almost exactly what you would have expected. It's Ogba Davis Wilkins. Uh, on the defensive line, Baker, Roberts, Van Ginkle on the linebacking core. The Dolphins put their depth chart out in nickel, so we have um, uh, five defensive backs, Coleman in the slot, 
Byron Jones uh, and Xavier Howard on the outside, Jason McCourty and Eric Rowe, the veteran former Patriots, starting at safety. Though I'm sure we'll see plenty of both Javon Holland and Nick Needham who are uh, listed as backups here. So not a whole lot else here to be alarmed or concerned about. The real intrigue of this game, which we've, we've sort of buried the lead here, it's Tua versus Mac, right? I yeah. mean, Patriots cut Cam Newton. Dolphins play Mac week one. Let's first start, you know, a little more focused, and then we'll go a little more general in terms of whether or not we think that's a good move from a uh, just NFL perspective. But as a Dolphins fan, what was your initial reaction in terms of we're playing Mac instead of Cam? Um, so it, I, I'm actually working on a piece right now about the players that I think the Dolphins need to kind of watch out for. Um, and if Cam Newton was the starting quarterback for the Patriots, he would not be on that list. But as an honorable mention, I'm actually going to be putting Mac Jones on there. Um, because I, even though he's a rookie, I think he brings a lot more uh, than what we saw last year from Cam Newton. Now, in the preseason, if you watched you know, any of, of Cam or the Patriots, like, I, I didn't, and I'm not here to say that I watched every snap that they played, right? But Cam definitely looked like he had a little bit more zip on his throws, right? He looked a little stronger. But that being said, he played terribly last season, right? And I'm someone who you remember, I'm sure, Justin, was very high on Cam Newton going to the past. Going in. Um, yep. And, you yeah, and Trevor. In, yeah, very high. And it just did not pan out at all. Um, and, you know, it, it just begs the question of, is Cam done? So I think what they did is they actually, I, I think moving to Mac Jones is actually a better move for them um, to start the year. See what your rookies got. Give them the chance to start. You've got a ton of, of different things going on on offense. You've got really solid security blankets in your tight end core. Give them a shot. And, and, and I think that, I can't say that he's going to come out and be gangbusters day one. Um, I actually would be surprised if that is the case, but it also wouldn't shock me if he puts up a solid, not winning game uh, in his first start. I think Mac Jones, this move to Mac Jones was the right call for Bill Belichick. Right call in general. Sure. And now listen, this might come in when we come in next week, this might bite me in the ass, but as a Dolphins fan this was a move where i was like all right i am pleased because i would much rather Sabian howard and jerome baker and christian wilkins and emmanuel Ogba be going out week one and playing rookie mac jones in his first ever start having never seen regular season nfl sass before than veteran cam newton when this dolphins defense could not contain his legs uh over the course of two games Last year, the Dolphins never contained running quarterbacks well. It's just not something that our defense seems to be very capable of doing. You can go as far back, you know, or rather as recently as a Josh Allen or a Cam Newton. You can go further back to when they played Colin Kaepernick in when it was in 2016. You could go to when they played Lamar Jackson. This this defense seems to be no matter who's running it and who's on it, can't defend a darn running quarterback. Kyler Murray last year ran all over us too. So I I was like, okay, that's fine. We'll we'll take Mac Jones's rookie lumps as our week one game. Again, I can come back and bite me in the ass, but to me, I was happy with that. That being said, like you mentioned, I mean, there was no question that this was the right move for New England in general. You give Mac Jones his rookie lumps now, right? So he can get those out of the way, sort of like the Dolphins did with Tua last year. And uh, he, looked better than, he looked better than this, kind of. He looked better than Cam in the preseason. I mean, he came out and was firing decisively against vanilla defenses, but still um, seemed to have rapport with several receivers, Jacoby Myers included. I mean, there was no reason to delay the eventual takeover. Why wait for Cam Newton to lose a few games and then do it? Just sure. do it now. So you and I seem to be in agreement on, on that point, but... As a Dolphins fan, I'd much rather play the rookie, no? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, because you know that he's going to make mistakes. He will not be perfect on Sunday. Um, and, you know, with a defense that has a tendency to feast off of those who are imperfect, you know, it's – it's. I would absolutely much rather play Mac Jones. But I think if you're, if you're in Miami and you were playing Cam Newton and it was the same Cam Newton as last year – 
you know, listen, we lost that first game against Miami last year, you know, the season opener that we're just duplicating this time. Um, We lost that, but Cam was not good by any stretch of the imagination. It was more that our just, we kind of just looked like we hadn't figured out schematically what we were doing yet. Um, So I I really think that if we got the same Cam Newton uh, or even close to that same Cam Newton in this, in this matchup, uh, this go around, it would have been uh, a result in favor of, of the Dolphins just because, you know, they weren't that good. And I really feel like this defense is going to be much better with the vast majority of players returning and and a lot of guys stepping up. So I'm not – yes, I'd rather play Mac Jones, but I really don't think it would be that big of a drop-off if we ended up playing Cam Newton. Okay, so what are your general expectations then for the game in – general you're saying obviously the defense should be better now than it was week one of last year that makes sense the guys have had time to gel we haven't really talked a whole lot about the Dolphins offense so what are that's the line what are your general expectations for Tua for Jalen Waddle for this new um, running back tandem of Gaskin and Malcolm Brown maybe sprinkled in with some Savon Ahmed I, I mean, this is in the defense. They got a lot of guys coming back. I'm a yes. little nervous that this is where we're hoping Tua takes the next jump is, is against Bill Belichick and his revamped defense. Yeah, um, this defense is. I think this New England defense is going to be very underrated. You know, uh, J.C. Jackson is a is a very talented corner. They're getting Dante Hightower back, who is one of the better linebackers in the game. Uh, after he opted out last year. So him being here or there is a big deal for them. Um, uh, Matthew Judon coming off the edge. You don't know what he's going to get you, give you, but he should give you some productivity there. Um, so when it comes to offensive expectations, right, what I would like to see is, first, first, I think the Dolphins will win this one, right? Given everything, I just get the, the feeling that the Dolphins have – the stronger defense and are going to be able to take advantage of whatever rookie mistakes Mac Jones makes. Okay. So um, for me, the, what I need to see from the offense is keeping to a clean, right. To the best of your ability, knowing that that's going to be complicated, but keeping to a clean, right. And for Tua specifically to show uh, sharp, timely throws that are going to keep him out of trouble. Right. Um, and I say that because this secondary, this New England secondary, is not not that bad, right? They're 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 solid, right? Are they the greatest in the league? No, but they're pretty solid. Um, and you don't want to be late on any throws. You don't want to have any throws kind of sail on you because Devin McCourty, J.C. Jackson, those are guys that are going to intercept those passes. So for me, I, I need Tua to stay as clean as possible, right? He can't be getting hit every other play. He can't take six sacks, okay? Um, I don't need him to necessarily light it up, but I need him to make the right decisions that he needs to make. Um, be quick with that decision making, right? To give your offensive line a little bit of a uh, a, a chance, really, because uh, you know in this one because there's going to be some shuffling, the quarterback has to be able to give his line a chance a little bit, which is usually the opposite. Um, and make sure the throws they're just on time, right? Don't be late on your throws. Don't be late on your decision making. Make sure you are. Uh, throwing the ball so that your receivers have opportunities to make plays, whether that's Devontae Parker getting big against smaller corners or if it's Jalen Waddle coming underneath and using his speed or Jakeem Grant bobbling passes and making us all nervous, whatever it ends up being, right? Quick, decisive throws from Tua. He doesn't – I'm telling you, I don't need to see 300 yards, 350 yards, and four touchdowns. I would be very comfortable with 250 couple of touchdowns and a well-executed offensive game plan. That's what I want to see on, on Sunday. Well-executed, clean, and decisive is 100% the name of the game here. I know Dolphins fans are going to want to see the Tua throwing downfield that we've seen in training camp highlight videos. Just be warned, this is not the game for that. Because I agree. Brady there or not, Bill's whole thing is that he'll make you, he'll capitalize on your mistakes. And so if two is airing it out 35 times and he throws a pick or two in there, that's how you lose against New England, especially a New England team that knows it's coming into the rookie quarterback and has two hammers in Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. They're just going to play ball control. And so if you're turning the ball over, New England's going to have the ball for 36, 38 minutes in the game, and you're just not going to have a chance. So you, you kind of have to beat him at their own game and pay 
play clean ball control football. And so that's the quick passes to Waddle. It's the quick passes, passes to Albert. And then maybe you take an occasional shot after you've, um, after you've drawn them in, right, with the running game, with the quick passing game. So, yeah, this is not a lighted-up game for Tua, even though that's probably frustrating to hear. But, uh, yeah, and I think we're in, in, in total agreement there. I would really like to see my, my key of the game, so to speak, for the Dolphins. I, I want to see some damn pressure on Mac Jones because he's accurate and he's quick. He's kind of like – he plays a similar style of, of game to Tua. And if you're not putting pressure – I don't want to see Mac Jones picking this defense apart. I know the secondary is good, but our trouble last year, our being Miami – was getting pressure on the quarterback. So now that you have a totally healthy D-line with Ogba and Davis and Sealer, and you have Van Ginkle in a bigger role, you have Jalen Phillips coming in as a rookie, i got to see some damn pressure on Mac Jones. Force him to make some rookie mistakes. Yeah, I'm worried he's not going to make them on his own. you got to force it. No, I, I agree. Um, and I think you're spot on with – the biggest flaw from this defense from last year, as good as Aiden Howard was, as good as his entire secondary was, we were not good at generating pressure on the quarterback. Um, and Emmanuel Ogba had a really great run, right? Where we had those nine sacks and then we didn't hear from him for like six weeks. So he's going to have to come out hot in this one. You really need, are going to need to see a lot of these edge rushers, whether it's Van Ginkle or Ogba. If, uh, if Christian Wilkins or Raekwon Davis can kind of get in there, with it that would be even better um and just put this pressure put this pressure on this young quarterback one of the things i did think was surprising about the um the depth chart that i forgot to mention justin was jalen phillips kind of being at the back end of it but Mm -hmm. i do think that eventually we're going to see him in the game um probably to start situationally pass rushing on third down opportunities if they're given um but yeah let's 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 bring the house on this rookie and trust your talented secondary to do what they need to do. Yeah. Jalen Phillips. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Jalen Phillips being at the back end of the roster or the the depth chart. See, I want to say it's a rookie thing, but you have then Jalen Waddle listed on the, on the first team. Waddle is the only rookie listed there with the, with the first team. To me with Phillips, you don't think it's a rookie thing. I think it's, Combine that and also the fact that he was out for practically all of training camp that's uh, preseason with an injury, and so he's he's not necessarily as as caught up. But right, um, it's you're, you're going to see him on the a, field. It's an injury thing. This depth start is not indicative of snaps, snap count, and playing time that that we're going to see over the next couple of weeks. I agree. And uh, one other thing, I would like to you know on the defensive side of ball, on the side of the ball, yeah, can't speak defensive side of the ball. Um, is, you know, traditionally speaking, Miami has sometimes struggled against big athletic tight ends. Now, in the last couple of years, Eric Rowe has done a really good job at shutting down tight ends. But New England has a lot of brand-new, shiny tight ends that they're going to – Miami's going to need to really do a good job of shutting down in, in, in Hunter Henry, John Smith, these different uh, weapons for Mac Jones. So make sure you don't yeah. get burned – in the middle of your defense by tight ends on on Sunday. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they are playing someone like a Javon Holland or a Nick Needham, one of the guys who's not necessarily yeah. a starting outside corner or starting safety. Because if you're putting Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry on the field at the same time, and Eric Rowe could only cover one, my guess is they put another safety or a rangy defensive back on the other. Because I am more than comfy with Xavier Howard, as, as impressive as Jacoby Myers was last season. I'm more than comfy putting Howard on Myers, putting Byron Jones on someone like Nelson Aguilar. So it's going to be up to these safeties or back defensive backs to cover Henry and Johnny Smith. Because I don't love the idea of putting an Andrew Van Ginkle, certainly not in Landon Roberts, on on Henry Jonas Smith, maybe Jerome Baker because he's he's quicker. But I mean, these are two of the more talented pass catching tight ends in the NFL. So that uh, that no, that's a great a great point there. Speaking of tight ends, though, Mark Andrews today got a four year, fifty six million dollar extension. That to me signals 
that it's going to be tough for Miami to keep Mike Gusecki because they have some young guys that they have been paying. They just paid Jerome Baker right there, dealing with the Xavier Howard contract situation. Do you think Mike Gusecki is going to demand that kind of money? Because you could almost justify it. This was a million and a half more than Hunter Henry got, a million and a half more than what Johnny Smith got. They were paid the exact same in average per year. Um, and it was just under Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. So those are your your top five that I just listed. My thinking is Kaseki's right up there. So I yeah, I think Kaseki is going to demand that money. Do I think Miami should pay it? Is a very different question. Um, really? Yes. Oh yes, really. Because and you and I talked about this. So you can't say that you you can't act all surprised. I've told Listen, you. It's been five weeks since we last spoke football, Nick. <laughs> and I, mean, I know we've spoken since then, but certainly not this in depth. Okay. So right. Gasicki. He is a lot of promise. There's no denying his athleticism. There's no denying his upside. But I at at year four, right? Or is year four, right? He was drafted three years ago? Yeah. yeah. Four years Going ago. Year four. At year four, we don't have upside anymore. At year four, you should be capitalizing on your athleticism and your upside. Let's see it. When you when you show me that you can do things consistently that I need you to do from that spot, then I'm gonna pay you the similar money to what Mark Andrews just got. If you're going to go out there and basically give me the same season you've been giving me for three years, again, um, the me, GM of the Dolphins, I'm not going to pay you that money. I, But did you not kind of see it? Last, I mean, Mike is like you played one more game than Mark Andrews last year. I don't mean to throw stats at, at you. I'm not calling him the same player, but they both had 700 yards, give or take three or four yards receiving. So Gusecki was closing in on, he's certainly not Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or Darren Waller, but he's closing in on that next tier. Maybe, I mean, maybe you're of the opinion that you just don't pay a second tier tight end, which I would call, Mark Andrews is not George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. That was probably in that second tier, $14 million. Um, But he's closing on that tier, and he is probably at this point Miami's most established dangerous weapon sort of vying with Parker for that just because Will Fuller is currently suspended and not and, and often hurt and Jalen Waddle's a, a rookie so uh, I I'd I'd be I'd be ups- it'd be tough very difficult you would, to watch so, Mike Gusecki so, walk out the door so and not 56, pay him that money. 56 million dollars for a tight end who one time got 700 yards no, season. I would need to see it again. I'm not saying I'm paying him now before the season starts, but if I That's see what I'm saying. another six to eight, no, you said if it was the same as what we've got, then it's not enough. It needs to be more than what we got last year, right? I want to see us grow. I want to see him grow okay. into this, right? Other if okay. if he if he if his plateau is 700 yards, then I think 56 million is a lot of money for a guy whose plateau right. is 700 yards because you could potentially get that from somebody else a lot cheaper and use that money to fill a spot that you need to fill next year. Because if this offensive line doesn't pan out, it does not matter how fast Mike Gesicki is, right? Right. And if you've got to invest in that offensive line next offseason, you want that $56 million in positions that matter, in the trenches. Tight end, unless we're talking Kittle or Kelsey, uh, you know, um, Waller, right? It's a lot of interchangeableness between the next set of guys, and I don't know if I'm giving 56 million to just 700 yards. Right, and Hunter Long is not Mike Kosecki, but that might play a factor in here too, right? right? We have Hunter Long, who just came in as a third round pick. Adam Sheen got a contract extension, though I'm not 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 thrilled with what um, with with that move in general, just because the team is very deep at tight end. Thurman Smith still there too, but that aside. Um, Shaheen, by the way, also on the COVID list, uh, confirmed from an unvaccinated positive test. Uh, we we, we uh, missed that bit of news when we mentioned Austin Jackson's placement on the COVID test, which has not been confirmed whether or not it was a positive test and whether or not he's unvaccinated. Shaheen has been. Anyway, that's uh, anyway. that's sort of the that's sort of the full gamut of, of Dolphins news info and interesting tidbits that I think we have with them playing the Patriots just because we happen to be on though. Uh, Nick, do you see Adam Schefter's breaking news? I, yes. I don't think I've ever saw that this sentence would be, would be typed into yes. a tweet. 
it's a little weird, right? But yes, Le'Veon Bell is joining the Baltimore Ravens. And not just the Baltimore Ravens, Nick. The Baltimore Ravens practice squad. Yeah, which, that's funny. I mean, that's... That, that's another... I, that's a funnier part I, for, for me. That's a funnier part of the whole thing, right? Is that yeah, this I mean, guy I, who held out like, was like, I'm the best running back in the world. Now you're a practice squad player. Uh, what a day. What what a day. After going from, obviously, uh, diehard Steelers fans, one of their favorite players of, of the last decade before he held out, now Raven, <laughs> a practice squad Raven no less. So Adam Schefter tweets uh, that he is, quote, soon to be, uh, soon is likely to be added to the 53-man roster when healthy. So that uh, for all you fantasy, fantasy heads out there, that might muddy the waters a bit with the Gus Edwards train. The Gus bus, as it were, as it said. Do you know he has a, a, a Gus bus chain? Have you seen that? Does he really? Have you? It's fantastic. It is. That's I think wonderful. it is the coolest piece of jewelry I have ever seen. If you haven't seen oh, it, like, look it up. But like that, that. Uh, muddy some of those waters there. Another fantasy tidbit. Nick, this one applies to your dynasty roster. Davius Murray was cut from the New Orleans Saints he, I believe, is on your roster. So maybe don't drop him uh, yet who knows where he's going to sign. Possibly with Miami. Would that interest you as a Dolphins fan? Latavius Possibly. Murray? Nah, I'm good. Really? We got enough running backs. Our hammer is Malcolm Brown. Yeah, who, uh, Just going to leave it at that. You, and I'm pretty sure – and maybe, and maybe I'm mixing it up, but weren't you high on that signing? No. No, no, no. Maybe no, the running back, the running back I've very... been touting, I think, at an unhealthy rate is Selvan Ackman. Oh, yes. Not Malcolm okay. Brown. Because okay. I, I remember getting into a conversation with somebody about Malcolm Brown, and I was like, I do not understand why you are excited yeah. about this human joining this roster. It literally means nothing. I won't be shocked if he gets cut. No, he's the definition of a, of a jag, just a guy. I mean, this is someone who, when you look up the, the term jag in, in, the, in the dictionary and you're applying it in a sports sense, Malcolm Brown's picture is probably listed next to it. So, <laughs> not not I mean, listen, it's possible that in the height of the free agency euphoria, I was for some reason excited. If anyone wants to go back and find that, sure. But I don't think the un, the unhealthy enthusiasm that I've had for Dolphins players have certainly had and admit to have been Lynn Bowden, who is now on season-ending IR, and Sylvain Ahmed, who is listed as the third-string running back. But who knows? Which is We're going Malcolm Brown ahead of him, you know. What? Which is crazy to me, by the way. I really think that's insane. That, that the third third. Third. yeah, because he he yeah. he showed a lot last year, and I think he could be really helpful in the passing game as well. If Miles Gaston goes down, I want Subban Ahmed as as the starter, not not Malcolm Brown, not Malcolm 100%. Brown. I don't want he, Malcolm he, Brown really on the roster. So yes, I agree. No, I, that's one of the signings where I, I don't really understand. Um, why they kept him past training camp after seeing um, what they saw in the preseason, regular season from Gaskin, Ahmed. Malcolm Brown's not really giving you much or not nearly as much as Patrick Laird gave you on special teams. Um, I think I'd really even rather see seventh-round rookie Garrett Dokes out there uh, and see what his potential could be than, than Malcolm Brown. The only thing I know he's giving you here is veteran pass protection, um, which maybe they'll take advantage of on a third down. But Anyway, that's way too many words we just uh, we just used on Malcolm Brown. We'll, <laughs> but we'll, hilariously we'll quickly enough, scurry past that. Ones. No, no, no. But who knows? Maybe maybe he'll prove us wrong. Maybe he'll prove us wrong. Maybe we'll see him uh, bust after 100 yards week one against the Patriots. Someone see what the odds are on that. Malcolm Brown 100-yard game. Throw 10 bucks on it. I'm sure you could win. A, a lot of money. A lot, a lot of money. A lot of – Yes. A, a lot of money. All right, Nick, we're right before the season. We might as well put our bold predictions out there uh, or, or, or projections in general. Your offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and rookie of the year for the Miami Dolphins roster. What are what are you? Uh, what are your uh, expectations? So I'm gonna I'm gonna come back. I'll circle back around to offense because I'm gonna think about that one for a second. Um, defensive player of the year for the Dolphins, I think the logical choice is Xavier Howard, right? Yeah. Um, just because I, you know, he's the best player on this defense, and if he can put in a season like he did last year, even if it's not double digits, double digit interceptions, um, there's no reason to think that he can't, you know, 
be a stud corner again. So Zavian is the, the defensive player for me of the year. I listen. I'm. I am going to go so far as to say that Jalen Waddle should be the rookie of the year for the NFL. Um, that's my bold prediction. Wow. Not be a quarterback. Um, Over I think all Trevor, the rookie quarterbacks. Because I think Trevor Lawrence is going to struggle in the beginning because Jacksonville is just not ready yet to let him be awesome. I think they're going to be better, but I don't think they're going to be you know, you know, destroying the NFL. Um, Justin Fields, he, it de- kind of depends on when he starts, right? Same thing with um, – I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, what's his face in San Francisco? I don't know why I can't think of his name. Trey Lance. Yeah. Yes, him, your favorite. Uh, I don't know why I just <laughs> blanked on his name, like completely could not think of it. Uh, Trey Lance or uh, – you know, and Mac Jones I think is going to have some bumps and bruises along the way too. So I'm not expecting any of those guys to get it. For me, it, I think it's going to come down to Najee Harris and Jalen Waddle. So that's my bold prediction um, for yeah. the whole season. Circling back around to the Dolphins on offense, I'm going to go ahead with Tua, and I'm going to say that as a as someone who is very hopeful that he takes the step he needs and is the quarterback that we all thought he was uh, when he was drafted out of college. So it's, it, it's hard not to pick Xavier Howard for, for the most – you know, defensive player of the year on the Dolphins roster for the sake of parody. And also because I'm expecting and really rightfully should be expecting big, big things from him after the contract he got, I'm going Jerome Baker. Jerome Baker is in that upper echelon tier of linebackers, but nowhere near at least thus far inside linebackers like a Fred Warner or Darius Leonard, right? Who are absolute game changers. Jerome Baker shown flashes, flashes of that, not only in, in pass rush, but in coverage and run defense as well. Now you're being paid like one of those guys. It's time to show it, right? Last year, he was a leader. He was an impact player, but was not in that upper top tier. I would like to see that next step from him this year. So maybe this is just a bit of speaking into existence, wishful thinking. I'm sure we're going to see vintage Xavier Howard as usual, knock on wood, barring any sort of injury. So, um, just for the sake of parity here, I'm going to go with someone who I think could make that kind of impact, is young, is still ascending. I'm going to go Jerome Baker on offense. You, you kind of have to go to uh, – you just do. Oh. I mean, it, it, if, if he's not, then it really hinders anyone else's ability to be that guy either, right? If two is not on, it's kind of hard for Parker, Fuller, Waddle, um, Gusecki, even Gaskin to be that guy. But as honorable mention, I'm going Miles Gaskin because there's really no one right now. Brown is the second team running back. There's no one who's going to be taking that potential three down starter reps away from him. If he's able to take a stranglehold on the job. So Tua and Howard aside, uh, again, for the sake of parity, I'll make my guy Gaskin. Flores has straight up mentioned this could be, he could be a true three down running back and he's looked at when healthy. Right. He's fantastic out of the backfield. He's got that shake shimmy and uh, speed in terms of getting to the edge, to the outside. I'd love him to be a three-down guy. My rookie, I'm not even picking one of the first-round guys, Javon Holland. I am very, very excited to see how Flores uses Javon Holland. He was apparently picking balls off left and right before he got nicked up in training camp. And, I mean, Jason McCourty is kind of older. <laughs> Right, Eric Rowe is right. used as that tight end blanket, and so let's have Javon Holland be that ball hawking center fielder. I am very excited. I know it's a stacked defensive backfield, but he has got the college tape. He seems to have the um, the backing from the coaching staff to be a true difference maker on defense. So it's Javon Holland for me as uh, as the go to rookie. I, I I think he's going to surprise a lot of Dolphins fans who might not necessarily know him too well yet, who might not have gone back and watched some of the college tape. I was certainly not a Javon Holland stan before the draft. I had not watched all of his uh, all of his tape, but since I've certainly read up a lot more and watched a lot more of Javon Holland. So I'm excited to see to see what he does. Rookie rookie second round pick. So um, okay, all right. Before the season starts, we've got to get all these out of the way. Some more bold predictions. Nick, your record prediction for the Dolphins. Just gut reaction, spit it out. Record prediction is? I got to make sure the math is right. 11 and 6. 
Eleven six that adds to seventeen, and it's also my yes. number. I'm 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 taking eleven and six too. It 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 feels right. Although I did some projections earlier today. Um, there's an uh, a website, Playoff Predictor, awesome website if you want to predict for all the sports, different playoff brackets. There are several scenarios for the Dolphins go eleven and six and don't make the playoffs. The AFC is Aww. very it's it's stacked. So that is not yeah, a shoe in playoff uh, playoff prediction. They need to win. Some conference games uh, in order to win some tiebreakers, and obviously, most importantly, division games. So these first couple of matchups, man. I mean, it's it's a it's a tough slate for the Dolphins to open up. They have four very difficult AFC opponents in the Bills, Patriots, Colts, and Raiders. Um, they got to win at least two of those for the season to not be down the tank. Ideally, three of those because that fifth game of the first five is against the Bucks. So. It's it's tough sledding for Miami. I'm going 11 and 6 to wild card playoff berth. I don't think I think it would be naive to assume that they'd be able to catch Buffalo. But um, yeah, okay. I I agree with you. I think that I think they'll be second in the division, and hopefully that yeah. earns them a wild card spot. We'll see how you know. We'll see how the North and the and the West kind of play out. The North. I mean, the West. You have four potential playoff teams in yeah, no, in the West. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 going to be tricky. Miami's going to have to do what they need do the right if they're going to drop the games against Buffalo, which by the way, we have not beaten Buffalo in like 3 years, which is kind of pathetic. Um yeah. if we're going to drop one of the games against Buffalo, we need to make sure we win against the two rookies that we're going to play twice. Okay. So with that said, score prediction for Sunday's game. Uh 28-17 Miami. 28-17, a two-score win. Two touchdowns, I think no Tua, less. I think Tua gives us a pretty a solid game. I think Gaskin cleans it up in the uh, in the running game, and I think that this defense is going to generate a couple of turnovers. Okay, I, I'm a little less optimistic. I have 23-20 with Jason Sanders being the game MVP with three field goals uh, and then two touchdowns from Tua. I'm just – I'm worried about Bill getting all of his defensive players, Dante Hightower and the like, back, uh, especially with the Dolphins already out Fuller, potentially out Austin Jackson, likely out Austin Jackson. So I have 23-20 Miami. Flores' defense and Jason Sanders, the all-pro kicker, do just enough to uh, to squeak Miami out that, that week one win. But um, – that that's that's where I go. And we both have them with a W in the column to start, which the, at the end the of the day is the only thing that matters. Damn right, that's all that matters. The hundred hundred and fifty thousand percent. They just need to come out of there healthy and with the W. And I will be pleased going in to Buffalo and slightly timid going into Buffalo <laughs> week week two. Alrighty, well, Nick, we're we're back, which means we have to as we're kicking off our our season of of shows. We have to have a wild card question. We All right, to. let's do it. I'm excited. Do you I'm have one after excited. being out for five <laughs> weeks? All right, I, I I came with one just in case. I know you've been you busy. You haven't. I, you haven't been thinking about. I remembered that. No, no, you haven't been thinking about wild card questions. You've had more important things, more important things on your plate. Wild card question, Nick. I'm going to stick with a, a a bit of a theme that's going on in uh, in your life right now. Where is the best place that you have gotten John's pizza? Bleecker Street. Wow. Did you get that before I finished asking the question? Yeah, because it's a question I get a lot. John's Bleecker, 100%. Uh, you may have lost me for a second. I got, I got a call to interrupt the Spotify Green Room recording. I, uh, I'm i assuming you have had that question answered a lot. Okay, so is it – you're just going like plain cheese or is there pepperoni involved? Like what's so – give me the story. I'm always, I'm always a pepperoni guy. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, it's just because I feel like plain cheese is just like what are we doing? But, but I will okay. say that John's of Bleecker has wonderful pepperoni and wonderful cheese pizza. So that's okay. the one. Easy. All right. Well, I'll, uh, when when I'm up there, hopefully for a MetLife takeover at some point, I will be able to uh, 
to make it over to John's Bleecker. My best pizza is Brooklyn Boys in uh, in in Boca Raton. One of oh, then you're. You're gonna love John's a bleaker. I'm assuming it it's like modeled. <laughs> it's supposed to be modeled off of New York pizza. I've been told by New Yorkers it's not quite as accurate as it should be, but it's it's certainly up there with my favorite piece of pizza. Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza is a chain and much more well known. That's certainly up there as well. But uh, okay. there's actually an Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza up here that's not a chain, almost oh. as good as John of Bleaker's. Very like, good. Not at all affiliated. It's very strange, but it's it's. I guess in in South Florida, it's Anthony's Coal Fire Oven, right? So this one is just Anthony's Coal Fire Pizza or something like that. It's not the same thing. It's like a it's like a little individual restaurant. Well, someone get the trademark attorney on the line. That does not sound like something that should you be allowed. Trademark Anthony, man. Anthony's Coal Fire in the pizza industry feels like something you should be able to trademark. I don't know. I have, I'm not in law school yet, so I'm not, I'm not sure on that, but I'll, I'll let you know also, after you're... I go through my intellectual property class, presumably over the next year, year or two. So also right. your, your, your defense of Anthony's, we, you got to settle down, man. This is, this is, this There's is better out there. All right. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> We'll end on that note. Um, to everyone who waited, who waited five weeks and is now listening to the show after the hiatus, that you would certainly appreciate you. We're recording live on uh, Spotify Green Room, and this uh, episode will be up on all your podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, what have you. Uh, and we will be back. Nick and I are still working out the exact season schedule, obviously, with everything he's going on super hectic right now uh, and, and my semester in classes and all that. But we obviously love doing the show. And so we're working at the schedule in terms of exactly when we'll be on and posting and uh, going Dolphins versus all NFL as we've uh, done over the past year. So we will keep you all posted on that. Uh, certainly stay tuned to our Twitters. I'm at higher Justin, H I E R Justin. He's at OSO six, four, four, six. Make sure to follow us on Twitter keep up with all of our news and let you know when our, our shows are going out and send up the links to them as well. But again, thank you very much for listening. Nick, it is wonderful to be back and talking to yes, you. Yes, sir. It uh, really we, is. Will, we will see you all next time. Thanks, everybody.